getting distributed. Uh, Josh, can you distribute the other things too? Oh wow, you're on top of it. I'm on top. What? On top of it. Give your Bibles. For the last time, we can turn to First Corinthians. Well, not for the last time. I'm sure at some point in time in the rest of your life, you will turn to First Corinthians 14 again. Hopefully, uh, but for the last time for our series, you can turn in your Bibles to First Corinthians chapter 14, and uh, we're actually going to be just in verse one. Why don't I even have this thing on and going? Man, what are you doing? What's going doing tonight? Having fun? I'm having fun. Are you having fun? Yes, I'm having fun. Everyone's dead. Cool. <laughs> this is like, everyone's like done. Well, I, think about this, guys. That's true. That's true. It's true. Get around the bumper again. <laughs> yeah, around the bumper again. <laughs> it's a good thing Pastor gave us in on these nights, because I'll tell you, the follow-up meeting for this would be like, Adam, what are you doing? <laughs> it's the last week. Sing along, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> show my singing voice. Hey, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Oh, man. Okay. We are done. This is the end of Gifted for Love. And some of you guys are like, yes, praise God. I'm so tired of these chapters. And uh, Revelation's coming. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. And that uh, if you have missed anything, I'll just run you brief recap. Uh, we have just spent six weeks arguing and uh, again and again trying to make the point that God has given you a gift. You may not recognize it, you may not feel like it, but there's a gift that God has given you for your life in order for you to bless other people. And so you might have a talent, you might have an ability, you might have like a certain mental, like you're just smart and like you're good at something, maybe it's athletics, maybe it's, uh, you know, all all sorts of things that God gives. And whatever that is, that's not just for you to enjoy for yourself, but it's for you to bless others with. And so we, we argue first that there's a gift you have, and that gift has the purpose of blessing other people in this room. And so when we come together on a Wednesday night, what we need to be doing is using those gifts, using those things that God has given us in order to bless other people, to encourage other people in this room. So maybe you have a gift of just you're good with you're good with school. You're good with book stuff. And maybe a way you can bless them also is to say, hey, who's struggling with school? How can, maybe we can get together and study together and like we can, we can work on this together. I had a friend when I was in Bible college who was just really gifted in like the, the world of school smarts. And so we would study together every uh, couple weeks working on Old Testament survey and then figuring out all the, all the stuff. Dr. Uh, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember my professor's name now. Man, I love that guy too. What's his name? Dr. Holmes. Dr. Holmes was a tough class, and so we'd get together and we'd just study and work on stuff, and I benefited so much from that person, and they just helped me pass that class. And that was a gift that they had that they used to encourage and bless me. So maybe there's someone in here who's like, yeah, man, I am just good at school. How can you bless someone else? Can you encourage someone else in this room? Because I know there's people in this room just struggling in classes, struggling with grades. Maybe you can help someone else with that 
gift. That's just one example. There's many, and we could go on, and I won't. We've also argued that beyond like the, those types of, types of gifts, beyond just your natural talents and abilities, there are spiritual gifts that God has given. And we've talked about the gift of healing. We've, we've talked about gifts of prophecy. We've talked about gifts of tongues. We've talked about all sorts of different gifts that God gives. And, and these are available to all of us. To every single one of you in this room, God wants to give you a spiritual gift to, to enable you. And it's for the purpose of encouraging other people in this room. So you can come together and you can pray for one another. You can speak for God on God's behalf to one another and build each other up. You, you, you can pray for one another with precision. These are all ways that we can encourage, we can help, we can bless, we can build up the church. They're not just for ourselves, but they're for the church to come together. And these gifts don't require you to be a pastor. You don't need to go into ministry in order to get a gift, but rather you're given a gift in order that you can go into ministry. You, you may not know this, but every single one of you is called to full-time ministry in your life. Whether And that doesn't mean that you're called to stand on a stage and talk about the Bible, although some of you in this room may be called to that, and you should seek the Lord because that's a great gift. It, it, it's an awesome thing to be able to do. But regardless of where you go in life, you are called to full-time ministry. You are called to exalt the name of Jesus. You're called to let others in your life know the message and the truth of who Jesus is, how he's changed your life, how he can change their lives. And that's a call on every single person in this room. If you follow Jesus, you are called into full-time ministry. And some of you guys are like, man, that freaks me out. I'm scared. Yeah. Don't, doesn't it feel like I need some help? I need some power because I can't do this on my own? And that's what these spiritual gifts are for. God wants to empower you and enable you to live out what he's called you to do. And so tonight we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we're going to end just by looking at the first verse of this chapter. And if I can give you just a final command to put a whole kind of tie a bow on this series and wrap everything up into one bundle, it would be Paul's command in this verse. He says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. He says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So I have two points tonight. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And this is Paul's final command in his kind of, if he could wrap it all up. And then he'll repeat this command at the end of the chapter, chapter 14, verse 39, I believe it is. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. And so from start to finish, Paul's argument is, I want you to run after these things. I want you to want these things. And so my final command to you, my final word to you in this series as we finish this topic and move on to something else would be to earnestly and eagerly desire these things and to pursue love. So, so the first part, pursue love. And if you're doing your notes, you can write that down. Pursue love. That, that's Paul's first point here. He, he's saying you need to run after love. The Greek word is dioko. And, and it is like to chase down, to pursue intently. So it's not like I'm following, like I'm just walking behind and like looking, oh, there's love up there, and I kind of follow it. But I'm pursuing it, I'm running it. I'm chasing it down with everything in me. I'm trying to get to love. Oh, one, one guy I was reading, as I was studying, his name is uh, Besser. He's a German Bible nerd. And he says there isn't a moment where you catch love. 
even he who has obtained love must still run after it. And so the encouragement that Paul's giving here is to keep running after love. Keep seeking to, how can I serve someone else? How can I build someone else up? How can I make myself less and make that other person greater in terms of the, the, the world of how I live? How can I make other people more important than myself? This is the way a hunter chases down his prey. This is the way that a runner is approaching the finish line, just going all out. This is DK Metcalf chasing down uh, Buddha Baker to save the pick six. If you watch that game, that, that was a great play. This dude just turns on the Jets, and, and like it looks like he's gone. He just gets after him, tackles the guy, saves the point. Uh, they want to lose the game, but <laughs> that's just because our defense sucks. But this dude is, he, he's, I almost pulled up the video because it is like unreal when you watch this guy. Like he is 30 yards behind, and then he's 20 yards behind, then he's 10 yards, five, and then he makes a tackle. It's this awesome play. And that is who we are as Christians. As we seek to love one another, as we seek to build each other up, as we seek to encourage other people, we are running after it. And so my question for you would be, how are you loving the other people in your life? How are you loving the people in this room? How are you loving your family? How are you loving your friends? Are you like, when it's convenient for me, I'll love them? When it's convenient for me, I'll obey my parents? When it's easy, I'll serve someone else? But Paul's command and his encouragement, you know, even when it's hard, you run that down. You keep trying, you keep going after it. No matter how hard it is to love, we do it anyways. When God gives us a word for someone, and this is how it directly applies to the spiritual gifts conversation, we've been talking a lot about this gift of prophecy because Paul just puts it as his premier gift that he wants all of you to encourage one another with words from God. And when this happens, it can be like nerve-wracking of like, I know the Lord wants me to talk to this person and encourage them, and it's like, man, I feel awkward, I'm kind of embarrassed. And in that moment, Paul would say, pursue love. Seek to encourage that person, even when it's difficult and embarrassing and awkward. Push past that, push through that, and step into loving that person more fully. Love compels us to tell what God's saying, even when we are awkward, embarrassed, or wrong. And so, how do you do that? How do you become better at loving others? Well, the, the answer is, if we follow after love, we are on the way to spiritual gifts. So Paul says, pursue love, chase it down, go after it with everything that you have, and then the way that you're going to do that, how, how are you going to accomplish that task? Well, you're going to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. This is his argument. If you want to love people better, if you want to love people more in your life, pursue a spiritual gift. Earnestly desire a spiritual gift. Earnestly desire to be used by God through his spirit, through his power. So this word, earnestly, Earnestly desire, that's our next blank. If you're following along in your notes, you can write that down. Earnestly desire, this word earnestly means intensely, seriously. And, and so you can see kind of how Paul is stacking these adjectives, or these adverbs, adjectives? Adverbs. You can see how Paul is stacking these adverbs, and he's just making it really clear. Like, this is everything you got. This is everything within you. You are, like, trying to get after this. Like, you are pursuing love. You're running after it. You're chasing it down. And you are, at the same time, earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. Like, with everything you have, you're, you're serious about it. You're intense about it. It's not just like, well, maybe I'll try it out. No, I, I, I want this. I desire this. And so my prayer and my hope for you in hearing this and in sitting through this series and listening to these messages would that there begin to be something in your heart of like, man, I want that. 
I want to be able to pray for people and God just heals them. I, I, I want to be able to hear God speak to me in order to encourage other people. I want that for my life. I want to see God just do miracles in my life through me. As I pray for things, things just happen that are unexpected and impossible. See, this stuff doesn't just happen. Like, we, we talk about, we can talk about miracles, we can talk about prophecy, healing, all this stuff, as though it's like, it's just randomly like pops up, and it's like, you never expected it, but poof, there it is, and like, oh, I'm gonna suddenly start prophesying. Wow, that was cool. But it, it, ha it, it doesn't happen just like by random or, or by chance. It happens because we're earnestly desiring it. As we come expecting God to move, that's when he shows up. And see, I think a lot of times we rarely see God work and we rarely see God move because we rarely expect him to. We live with this kind of expectation of like, a, just we live with a very non-spiritual expectation of our world, right? We live in 2020, we, we live in the United States, we, we live in a world that's shaped just by a lot of scientific study and inquiry, and so we love, as people who are just raised in like the American education system, and by the way, I have nothing against science, I'm a science guy, I'm an applied science major, like I'm all about science, I love it. So, so I'm not trying to say science is evil or awful, but I think we can become so reliant on experiments, on evidence, on, on things that we can touch, things that we can see, things that we can feel, experience ourselves with our own eyes. And, and we think that all of reality is defined within the physical world. And, and we have no understanding or even expectation of, of a separate spiritual reality. You tracking? So like when I go to pray, when I hear that someone's sick, I think, man, I hope the doctors can figure out what's wrong with them and give them the right medicine in order to treat them. And so we, we pray for sick people this way. We pray, God, would you give the, and I, and I pray this prayer, all, and we just pray like this for Tiffany, right? We're, we're not against this prayer, right? We pray, God, give the doctors wisdom. Let them understand what's wrong. Let them diagnose it correctly. Let them treat it correctly. Pray that if, if, if they need the, the right drugs, that they'd be able to get them. If, if they need a surgery, that that would go well. And we pray for these physical things that we can see, touch, experience. What we don't pray very often is, God, would you yourself put the bone back together? Because like we don't live in a world where we expect that to even happen. And so we don't even pray for that. And so we don't see God move because we never ask him to move. Well, we don't see God work because we never come expecting him to really work and do something. And, and when we come in the room to, to encourage other people, we're not expecting that God would speak to us and give us a word for someone else. And so we don't see it because we don't expect it. God is going to move in proportion to your faith. Right? So Pastor Gabe talked us through audacious faith several, a couple months ago now, and it's one of our core values. We believe that we are a people of audacious faith in Jesus. And the way that Pastor Gabe defined it is that as God speaks, I move, and as I move, God acts. And so what that means is I hear God, I hear God speaking through his word. God says, here's what I want to do. I want to use you to prophesy. I want to use you to heal. I want to use you to do incredible, powerful things. And so we hear God say that because we read it in his word. We see that this is what God wants. And so when God speaks, we move and we do it. And we come expecting. And so, and so I pray, God, give me a word for this person. I'm expecting that I'm going to get it. I, I'm not praying like, ah, God, if you would. God, if you would use me. God, if it would be. I'm saying, God, do it because you said you would. You said you want me to do it. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. 
And then, as I feel directed by the Spirit, because I, I believe He's going to do it, then I just step out and I do it. As God speaks, we act. And as, as we move and as we act, God acts through us. And so this, this is how this, this kind of flow works, is, is we step out in faith expecting God to do something. And how are you going to expect God to do something big if you never ask for something big? Right? So we want to ask big things. We want to expect big things. So, so sometimes we can view ourselves. Well, one of the hindrances that we have is we view ourselves really low and we view God really high. So we talk a lot about like our, our own sin messes things up. Our sin causes problems for us. Our sin puts a gap between us and God. We need Jesus to bridge that gap because of Jesus we are united to the Father. But I think a lot of times we can grow up in church and we can hear these messages about how God is so holy and we are so not. And we just perceive for our whole lives this gap between us and God. And like when we think of God, we think of God as like way up there, holy and awesome. And I'm way down here, sinful and broken and, and, and messed up. And my sin, and I'm just so wretched. Oh, what a worm I am. How, how awful I am. God could never use me. Like, he's so good. He's so awesome. How would he use me? Or maybe he could use me, but he wouldn't. Like, I'm so sinful. I'm such a mess. And, and we put this on, like, this, this kind of humble thing. Oh, you know, I'm just, I'm such a sinner. God is so good, but I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so sinful. So, no, I couldn't possibly pray for you. Because God would listen to me pray. Because I'm such a mess. God wouldn't hear me. And it's like we forgot the whole gospel. The, the, the whole point of the Bible is that that's not the case anymore. That that was your past, but your present is that you are united to Christ by faith. Right? We, we believe this with, with all of our heart. That because of what Jesus has done, God is not far off. God is not distant. God is not removed. But God is near to us. We are near to him. And so when, when we speak to God, we have this good relationship with him and he hears us and he works through us. And so this perception of, man, I'm so, I'm so messed up. I'm so broken. God can use me. That's a lie from hell. We just got to get over ourselves. We got to get over our sin. We got to get over our shame. We got to get over our brokenness and just kind of move on and, and recognize that God has already done in the past all that we need him to do. And so we can rely on his power in the present. The symbol of Christianity is not a cross, but an empty tomb. So, so the symbol of Christianity is not Jesus on the cross suffering, and God's wrath being poured out, but the symbol of Christianity is an empty tomb. Jesus risen from the dead, living and walking in power. So when we look at our relationship with God, our relationship with God is not this like angry God punishing Jesus in our place. Our relationship with God is an empty tomb. Like that, all of our sin is dealt with. All of our brokenness, all of our shame, all of our mistakes, those are dealt with in the past on the cross of Christ. Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. We live in the reality of the empty tomb. We live in the reality of God's power working in us. And the same power, Romans says, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. So the same power that Jesus walked in on the earth, the same power that was present in him as he healed diseases, as he caused the blind to see, as he caused the lame to walk, as he revealed the secrets of people's hearts, that same spirit, that same power is also living and working in you. And what we need to do is we need to believe this, we need to accept this, we need to receive this, we need to walk in it. We need to stop wallowing in our sin and start walking with Jesus. So Christianity is so much more than just a life of avoiding sin. 
It's so much more of a life of just like trying to do the right thing, trying to not sin, trying to keep away from all of that stuff. But rather, Christianity is walking in the newness of life that Christ gives us. Walking in the fullness of the power of God. Walking in, uh, looking after spiritual gifts. Seeking after God to move. Seeking after God to work in us and work through us. This is what we walk in. This is the power we live in. So, so yes, we avoid sin. Yes, yes but, but it's so much more than that. So the, the beginning of Christianity is putting sin to death. But, but mature Christianity, and this is what Paul is calling us to in, in this letter. He's calling us to mature Christianity. He's calling us to, to grow up, to get past baby faith and getting my sins forgiven. And that's just square one. And there's so much more for us in God through his power, by his spirit. There's so much more for us than just getting rid of sin. Our life is, our life is focused and, and totally marked by service to God. And we serve God by serving other people. And this is the fullness of life in Christ. This is why Jesus died on the cross. Not just that you can be free from sin, but so you can be free to love others, to encourage others, to, to work in others' lives, to build other people up. So the Bible commands us in this end, desire these gifts, earnestly desire them, earnestly look after them. And, and so the Bible says this, this is a command. This isn't optional for us. This isn't something we can say, well, that's nice, but I don't really feel like doing that. I'm not really interested in that. But if we are, if we call ourselves Christians, if we call it, and I just want to press a little bit on you here. I just want to push. And I, I know there's some people in this room who like, just like following Jesus and saying no to sin is a big deal. And that's cool. That, that's like step one of Christianity, and that's awesome that you are on that step. That's awesome that you're working to kill and sin. That's awesome that you're, that you're doing that. But there's some of you who have been on step one for a while, and, and it's time to take some other steps. It's time to get past just step one. It's time to get past just like the beginning and move on to these other things and start following some of these other commands. And this command is desire, 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 long for this, want this. This isn't something optional. And so yeah, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes it, it's bent out of shape, but that doesn't negate the command. Just because we see people like use these gifts poorly, use them wrongly, that, that doesn't get rid of this command and this instruction. Like, no one disputes the command to love. No one argues that, yeah, love is hard, but you shouldn't do it because it's just so hard. And, and people in the name of love do a lot of terrible things. Yeah, that's true, but that doesn't mean we don't love. In the same way, just because spiritual gifts are hard, just because this thing is challenging, that doesn't mean we, we, we don't do it. It's messy, but, but yeah, we still, we still go after these things. So these gifts are powerful. There, there is a lot here. This is why we desire them. It's a command and because it's powerful. They're, they're not necessarily safe. They're not necessarily tame. They're not necessarily these, these like nice, easily packed things, but they're good. And so we want these things. Now, we can choose to ignore this command, sure, but we're missing so much when we do. There's so much that God has for you. And so I just want to, again and again, raise your expectation, raise your hunger, raise your desire for these things. Because there's so much good stuff that God has for you. These gifts have so much potential to bring life. They have so much potential to, to bring us together. As we grow, we are just perpetually reminded we need to have grace for each other our shortcomings, and our failures. So our last point, how to earnestly desire these gifts. So hopefully, 
if you've listened for any span of 30 to 45 seconds, you've got that, like, you, you need to want these things. This is something I want you to want it. God wants you to want this. So how do you do it? How do you do it? And then there are just some steps that I think are helpful. Uh, and, and the first thing I'd say is that the Bible doesn't give us a how-to guide. And like, I, I don't know what your relationship with the Bible is like. And we're actually going to spend a whole month in January just talking about how we read the Bible and understand it and getting a better relationship with God's words. But, but the Bible is not this instruction manual or how-to manual for life. Right? It doesn't give us a real clear, like, and here's how you prophesy. Step one, do this. Step two, do that. Like, I wish that was the case. But it's just not. The way that the Bible works is it gives us this treasure and urges us to seek after it. And so it holds out this thing, hey, prophecy. And, and it tells us how cool this thing is. It gives us examples and it just, just says, hey, why don't you seek after this? Why don't you desire this? Hey, healing, this is cool. This is awesome. Why don't you desire this? Why don't you seek after this? Hey, tongues, this is kind of wild, but it's kind of cool. Why don't you desire this? Why don't you seek after this? And so the Bible just says, hey, why don't you just do it? And so what does it mean to earnestly desire? How do you do that? Well, you earnestly desire. When you earnestly desire something, what do you do? Like, think, think about what is it in your life that right now you just are really wanting it? Like for me right now, it's a PlayStation 5. Like those things dropped last week. And I'll tell you, I was on the Walmart website and they dropped in like four different shifts. And every single time I'm like sitting reloading the page, trying to get in my cart. There's a couple times that like gets to the cart, gets to the payment processing thing and then fails. So disappointing. Because it's like, I'm so excited. I'm so hyped. And then, ah. I didn't get it, but I earnestly desire the PlayStation 5. And so tomorrow when they do another drop at 12 o'clock noon, I'm going to be on the Walmart.com website. And I'm going to be reloading that page, trying to get it because I earnestly desire a PlayStation 5 because it looks super cool. The graphics are great. I know all these reasons. And so I'm going I'm to go after it. I'm gonna earnest, and this, so it's the same way with the gifts that God gives to us. When we get this whole list of like all the features, all the specs, we, we see why it's so cool. We see like the things that we can do with it, all the cool games that we can play with it. You, you get my analogy, we're going to be tracking. And, and so we're gonna go after it. We're gonna look for it. We're gonna seek after it. We're gonna ask other people. So I asked my buddy who had a PlayStation 5, like what was your method? How'd you do it? Like when did you click? Like what site did you go to? And I got some tips from him. I, I studied up, so I read like three or four different articles, went to some websites and figured out like, how, 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 do I, how do I get this? What's the best way to do it? I really want it, so I think it's worth the hard work it takes to figure out how to get it. So it's the same way with God's gifts. If we really want these gifts, we're gonna do the hard work that it takes to figure it out. Because I will admit and recognize that this is difficult it's not easy to figure out how prophecy works. It's not easy to figure out how speaking in tongues works. It's not easy to figure out how healings work. It's not easy to figure out how miracles work. But if I want it, I'm going to do the necessary work. And I'm, I'm going to go after it because it's something that I want. And so, here, here, here's your steps. Number one, begin with the Bible. Begin with the Bible. The Bible is our rule of faith. It's our rule of life. It is our rule for all matters of faith and practice and doctrine. So if we want to figure out how this stuff works, we're not going to start with what happened with this guy who has a prophetic word. How did this guy do the healings? Like That's a later step. We're going to start with what does the word of God say about these things? Because our basis of our faith is the word of God. The, the basis of everything that we do as followers of Jesus Christ is we start with the word. And so, like, spend time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. 14. Spend time, like, pouring over and reading these things and let it get into you. Don't just read it, but read it. Like, I, I, I'm not just like, 
desire, love. But I'm like, hmm, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Man, what does that mean? So I look like? So I, I might even like think about the word earnestly and, and jot some notes down. And then I'll get to the next verse and jot some notes down about that. I'm spending time like I'm meditating on it. I'm, I'm thinking through I'm trying to let it get inside of me. I'm going to read Romans 12. I'm going to read Ephesians 4. I'm going to read these passages in the Bible where, they, where just, we see teaching on these gifts. I just want to get that in me. Read the book of Acts over and over and over and read like these incredible things that happened. Like we, we, so we just studied the book of Acts earlier this year. Like as I was studying, preparing for messages, it just like, like again, like reminded me, whoa, there's so much that happened in the early church. Like that dude was dead and then he wasn't. That's cool. Like, that dude was blind, and then he wasn't. That dude was killing Christians and putting them in jail, and then all of a sudden he's writing half of the New Testament. That's not a miracle. I don't know what is. So I'm reading this. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I want to see that happen at Trademark, right? I, I, I want to see the dude off the street who's like, and maybe this is the guy that you know in your school, and, and you know, man, they are anti-Jesus. They're like, if there's a description of a Christian, this person is the opposite. And so like, there's people that I play with, and I won't name your names, but you know who you are. I play with you guys on Fortnite, and you have some friends who like, by the way they talk, and the way that they live their lives, you can tell, man, this guy is not interested in Jesus at all. Wouldn't it be cool to see that person, like, go from like, the guy who's like, the one I call out on stage and make fun of for not loving Jesus, wouldn't it be cool to see him turn into like the guy sitting in the front row right there, taking the notes and like leaning in? And, wouldn't that be cool? So that's what I, as I read Acts, I'm thinking, man, I want to see this in my life. The Bible says, ask and we will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And so we, we just spend time in these scriptures. We're going to follow all these hyperlinks, cross-references, footnotes. We're going to figure this stuff out. So we begin with the Bible. Next thing we're going to do, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And we're going to pray to know the fullness of the Spirit and to see the kingdom of God advance. God loves bold prayers. Like I said this at the beginning, we don't see God move because we don't ask God to move. We get what we expect. We get what we ask for. God says, ask it and literally just go to this. Ask and it will be given. See, you'll find. Not the door will be open for you. So start asking. Start like seeking after these things. Start desiring these things. Start praying these bold prayers. God loves bold prayers. God loves like dangerous prayers. Like you read the Psalms, like a book of the first prayer book, David prays some wild prayers. Like, like he's, he's like, man, you think he's not all there sometimes. Like he's just, he's all over the place. He's prayed wild prayers. God does wild things in his life. So, so let your desperation just drive you to pray the kind of prayers that God loves to answer. God loves these desperate prayers. God loves these eager prayers. And so make yourself about this. Pray for these things. As, as you pray in the morning, Lord, would you use me to encourage someone today? Would you speak to me today? Would it be so clear and so obvious? Lord, would there be no doubt in my mind that this is you? And Lord, even if there is doubt, would you, would you crush that doubt and help me to live in faith and follow? Would you give me a will to obey your voice and to speak to Pray that prayer and see what God will do. See what God will do. So in Acts chapter 4, there's this incredible prayer. And I, I didn't put it in your notes or anything. But there's this incredible prayer that the disciples pray. I think it's a prayer that we can pray for ourselves today, too. Let's 
try to, let me try to pull it up here, see if I can find it. They're, uh, they're being persecuted, they're, they're getting thrown in jail, they're getting beaten, and they come together at the end of all of this, and they're like, man, uh, we, we just want to see God move, we just want to see God work, and so they pray this prayer, God, would your hands, would you stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and miracles and wonders through our ministry? Like, I don't know about you, I don't know if I have the faith to pray that every day, but this is the kind of prayers that the church prays in the book of Acts, and so you want to see what they see? Why don't we start praying what they pray? Let's just pray, God, move, God, work, God, show up, do these things. So we're going to begin with the Bible. That's our start. We're going to pray. That's step two. Next, we're going to, we're going to consume sound teachings and testimonies. So like, part of like earnestly desiring, we're going to figure out the people who did this, how they do it. The learn all you can from people who can be trusted. So I'm going to emphasize here, consume sound teachings and testimonies. Consume sound teachings and testimonies. Because there are some unsound teachings and testimonies. There, there are some people who just get wacky and wild and crazy, and I'm not going to name names because I'm not about that. But there's some wacky, wild stuff out there. So be like discerning. If you like have questions or doubts, you can talk to me, talk to Pastor Gabe, you can talk to our youth leaders, and, and just ask them, hey, what do you think about this? Like, I heard this guy talking about this time when an angel spoke to him. Like, what's going on there? And we can just, we can talk through that. We can kind of see, well, what's going on? What's going on? Man, I, I heard the story of this guy, and like his leg grew back. Like, What's going on there? We can talk through these things. But let's consume these things and just let that stir your passion and your desire. Like, when, when I hear these stories, it's like, man, I want to see that happen. So, like, last week, I, I just, I shared some stories, like, stuff my dad saw with, like, the gift of tongues, right? It's like, if you are here last week, you remember this story. Like, he's in church with some Ukrainian guys, and he's praying, and, and he's, just, he's praying over him in tongues, and, like, just, he doesn't know what he's saying. And they turn him, like, how did you learn to speak Ukrainian? So like, I don't speak Ukrainian, just talking in tongues. And yet, God uses him through, through his language and tongues to encourage and build these guys. And I, I heard my dad tell that story. Like, man, I want that to happen. Like, as we hear these stories, as we hear this testimony, it just builds up our faith. It's like, man, it happened to that guy. So maybe it can happen for me too. So, like, so, some resources. DesiringGod.org. Great resource. If you're like, man, I want to know more, that, that's a great spot to go. The Village Church is a church that we love, we trust. Pastor Matt Chandler is great out there. They have some great teaching. In fact, they preached, I stole their artwork for this whole series from them. So they preached their own Gifted for Love series. If you want to hear like this, but better, like you can listen to you can listen to Pastor Matt preach to that. If you're like, man, I want to hear more. I want to get some stories. I want to hear some testimonies. He's got some stuff. Village Church is great. Uh, Sam Storms, great guy who writes a book. Matt Chandler, John Piper, Wayne Grudem, Pastor Gabe. Like these guys have, some, man, Pastor Gabe has some stories. You got to ask him, hey, tell me about your experience in Arizona with the gift of prophecy. And like, he will tell you, like God just worked in his life and encouraged him in some powerful ways. And so he told me the story. And I, I sat down like, man, I want to see that happen. It just began to give me this hunger and desire. So this is good stuff. I can give you a whole list of books. If you're like into reading books, man, I'm your guy. I, do I have some books for you to read? Like this, this is cool stuff. So consume this stuff. Consume this stuff. Next thing, meet a need. Meet a need. You want to see this stuff happen. You want to earnestly desire this stuff. Start meeting some needs. These gifts are meant to serve others. Like, and this has been our, our whole theme. God gives gifts in order that we can serve others and build up the church. And so start serving others and seeking to build up the church. And as you do that, see how God will work through you and move in you. As you see someone who's clearly just having a rough day, like, hey, how can I pray for you? 
what's going on? Is, is there a way I can encourage you? You see your friend, man, God, is there something I can say to that person just to brighten their day up? And like, yeah, that takes some faith. Yeah, that takes some risk. But start meeting that need and see what God would do. Expect that God wants to encourage other people. God wants to build people up. So start meeting that need. Find some people that you can just serve. Find some people who need some love. Find some people who need some help. And start serving, start helping, and see how God empowers you to help them. You want to see God move miraculously and just provide for you? Start being a super generous person. And, and you will be shocked when you start being generous, how, like, just how much God provides for your own needs. Like, and so I, I've just tried to live this out in my life, and I've seen God provide for me financially in so many ways. As I've just opened up my hands and, like, tried to bless other people and just let money flow through me, like, I've seen God just bless me and continue to provide for my needs and give me an abundance so I can keep blessing other people. Like, as we move, God moves through us. So we search for these people. We meet some needs. Uh, the next thing we can do, pursue holiness. Pursue holiness. Holiness, the idea of holiness is you're a person who wants to be set apart from the world that you live in. And so you want to live into the commands of God. You, you want to read your Bible and see how Jesus says to live. You're going to read Matthew 5 through 7. And you're going to see those commands. And you're going to say, man, I want to do this. I'm going to be obedient. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to look different than the people around me. I'm not going to talk like all the other people in my life. I'm not going to listen to the things that everyone else in my life is listening to. I'm not going to watch the things that everyone else in my life is watching. I, I, I'm not going to obey the sinful desires of my flesh that my culture says it doesn't matter. And as we do this, as we live directed by our conviction, we're going to hear the Spirit speak. A lot of times, we don't hear God speaking because we've muted His voice. Like, that, that's a word. You should write that down. When you don't hear God speaking, it's maybe because you muted his voice. And, like, you, you live, you live, and you're in temptation, and, like, you know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't do it, and you're like, later, God, I know, I know. What did you just do? You muted the Spirit of God. God was talking to you, and you turned him off. Stop turning the voice of God off, and you'll start hearing the voice of God a whole lot more. Start obeying the conviction that he puts in your heart. Start obeying his voice when he speaks. And you'll be shocked that, oh, when I don't put God on mute all the time, I start hearing him a whole lot more. Funny how that works. Every time you ignore conviction, you're, you're literally just building up a wall to block out the Spirit's voice. So my encouragement to you would be pursue holiness and start taking that wall down. Start hearing those echoes, those, those faint echoes from across that wall of, hey, don't watch that. Hey, Turn that off. Hey, don't talk to that person that way. Hey, you know better than to behave like that. It's a fate. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to obey. Pull a brick off that wall. I'm starting to hear God's voice better. As we live more in step with the Spirit of God, we're going to hear God speak. We're going to sense God's direction a whole lot more because we're living in it. We're always doing it. So you want to hear God. You want to see him moving your life. Start obeying his voice. Start obeying his words. Start living a life of conviction. And conviction means it might not be wrong for everyone, but it's wrong for me. And so living a life of conviction doesn't mean you need to start being preachy to everyone else, right? Doesn't mean you need to become the like holier than thou. Like, oh, you listen to that music? That's sinful. Like, you don't got to be that person. It's your conviction, not theirs. Don't try to hold other people hostage to your convictions. Like, but hear your convictions and live out of them. So for me, like, I, I live under a lot of conviction in terms of the music I listen to. And so there's a lot of things that, like, it's, oh, other people can listen to it, and, like, it's fine. I, I can't, 
And, and I'm not even going to give you the whole list because it doesn't matter. It's not your conviction. It's mine. There's some stuff that I just can't watch because I know what it does to me. There's some games I just can't play because I know where they lead me. And that's my conviction. I'm going to live under it. I'm not going to hold you hostage to it. I'm not going to preach my convictions to you. I want to seek to live in my convictions and preach the word of God to you. And trust that God through his word is going to form your own convictions. But as God gives you convictions, live under those convictions. So someone else, it, it might be okay for them to listen to that, for them to watch that, for them to do that. But if the Spirit of God is speaking and saying, that's not for you, you got to heed that voice. you got to listen to that voice. So pursue holiness. And the final thing, act in proportion to your faith. And Ari, I'll have you come up as we, uh, as we close here. Act in proportion to your faith. And so this is, this is what we said, audacious faith. God speaks we move, and as we move, God acts. And so I'm just gonna start acting. I'm gonna start doing it. I'm gonna start obeying. I'm gonna start doing what God tells me. I'm gonna start praying these bold prayers. I'm gonna seek to become this encouraging person. Like I'm gonna take all these things that I've learned, I'm gonna take all these notes that I've written down, I'm gonna take all these things that I've like tried to figure out, and I'm just gonna do them. I'm gonna act in proportion to my faith. So what I'd like us to do as we have four minutes left, let's all stand up. And as, a, as Ari plays, we are just going to do this, right? We're, we're going to pray some bold prayers right now. We're just going to see what the Lord would do with us and in us and through us. So let's just, whatever you need to do to get in a place where you are just you and Jesus, do that. So if that looks like closing your eyes, you can do that. If that looks like lifting your hands, do that. If that looks like kneeling in front of your chair, do that. whatever it's like, I need to get alone with God in the middle of this room. Like, just do that. Let's take a moment. And we're just going to go after Jesus for a couple minutes here.
that seek after these spiritual gifts. Lord, help me not to be overcome by my own fear. Help me not to be overcome by my own doubt.
Jesus, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you're working. We thank you that you're speaking. Lord, I pray that we continue to live as these type of people, the kind of people who just seek to encourage others, who, who seek to speak for us. We thank you for how you've ministered and encouraged people tonight. We thank you for what you have done in this room, the ways you've spoken and, and moved. Pray that that would continue as you continue to stir our hunger and our desire to see you move and work. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We want to seek out these things. It's for your name we pray. Amen. 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 Jesus, Jesus, you are, you are better, better than anything better. in this world. Love you guys. Have a great night. If you still want to pray, like do that. You're done. Be done. No trademark next week, but I'll see you in December. December. Dad, and then he went back to his yeah, dad. Yeah, when you're like a dad. Dad, 
I hope this is as big as I get as I'm right with you there. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Anybody want some pizza? You can have it. Yeah. You can have it. Yep. I'll sign it. You're inside it. The band signs it. Dude, bass and drums was fun. Especially on the hype songs. Did this have a card in it? Yeah. 